So we left off yesterday taking this idea of Teva and Torah and how they are basically two coherent intertwined systems and what the Shulchan Aruch is to halachic observance, our seichel is to um, teva observance. And it's a, it's a revolution because it takes the parameters of what we'd normal, normally call um, the byroad of day-to-day life and it puts them on a completely different plane. It puts them on the plane of another way that Hashem is speaking to us. And in a way, it's, um, it's quite jarring because I think we're so used to understanding the notion of religion and spirituality as, as limited to these kind of very ethereal, um, lofty experiences. And instead of that happening, it's almost about finding the the depth of the spiritual moment in the very basic and coarse reality of life. So that was that was what he's been saying until now. And therefore he comes to these conclusions where he says, measuring the precision of, I mean, I'm going to adapt it from what he said, he said in regard to Yaakov and Esau, but measuring, let's say, my exercise schedule is uh, requires the same amount of care as measuring the amount of bread that I need in order to bench. Each of them requires a strong understanding of how this halachic parameter functions. And the, the word for it, it's interesting because the word for halacha, even though we get used to using it, it's, it's, it's actually a word which means walk. So it's not a word which um, we, we said yesterday that when Rashi explains the idea of um, walking, he, he takes the idea to mean, he takes the idea to mean, he takes the idea to mean the movement from one stage, one understanding, or one the point of departure to a destination with the effort that it requires to get there. That's what walking translates as. Um, so now, what's halakha? So halakha is, is that. It's actually, it's called. That's actually what it's called. What do you, Adrian, say something? I just wanted to say, like, it, I feel like we get, we get told quite a bit. I don't know what the pshat is. Is that, is it that, you know, we do, well, I, exercise is done or uh, having fun or entertainment for the sake of being able to come back and learn better. And that's the, that's, that's the goal of it. Or the goal is doing it. It itself is a great thing to do. Without, without like the effect it has on the learning or whatever. Right. So that's exactly what the Rebbe Ruchim is saying. He says, in itself, when you do exercise because you recognize that HaKadosh Baruch communicated to you through your capacity to understand the physiology of the body, how it works. So now it becomes incumbent upon you to honor that directive. And when you're honoring that directive, that itself is a connection to the, to the Ratzon Hashem. The difference is that it's a connection to the Ratzon Hashem on the level of what we call shaliach, through an agency and not direct. Uh, I, I, I love to, every, like happens to me more frequently now, when, when I, I think Mariv, because perhaps the broches are shorter, 
has a deeper impact on me than Shachris. But now, look at the two brachas before Shema and Marev. I think they absolutely uh, complement these two stages of development. But the first bracha is, Asher bitvaro Marev Aravim. Asher bitvaro, in other words, that, no, it's not that it just becomes evening, but rather that Marev is a response to my integrated understanding that nature is an expression of Hashem's guidance. It's not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not automatic and running by itself. It's actually a way where Hashem reveals himself. So we go like this, that his, his instruction creates evening to fall. With his wisdom, he opens up gates. With funa mishanetim, and with understanding, he shifts time periods. Umachalifet hazmanim, and he changes. Umesader takochavim, and he's arranging the stars. Bemishmerotehim, according to their orbits. To understand, it's like you're looking at the world, and instead of seeing this world which is randomly functioning, you say, Ah, this is Hashem doing it. This is Hashem doing it. This is Hashem doing it. Now, but remember what we said, Aiden. This is such a it's done, but it's impersonal because it's a system that's based on cause and effect. So it's not the same level of relationship. The relationship that we have to our response to Hashem in nature is very, it's very strict. It's like, it's me sinking into this, this divine energy, but there's no personal, um, no personal um, discussion and dialogue. So it's like almost what, what dealing with Teva is creating an alignment between the way I live my life and the ever-present will of Hashem in the creation around me. And that's ever-present. It's like not literally, not for a second. In other words, I'm drinking water now. So, so forget the fact that I made a brocha, which is something that we have to figure out what that is. But actually drinking water is honoring the Ras and Hashem to hydrate myself. Yes, Ari. How do you, how does one then like stop getting carried away from all the time, just focusing on like eating and exercising and like taking care of your body? Like if, if, if we want to say that that's as equal as like halacha, then should, how do we, ba- like how does one balance the two? Beautiful. Aries, your name, Reb Lazar. Don't think so. Isn't that amazing that what you just said, almost like unwittingly, is directly the question that Reb Laza asked that we mentioned yesterday. And like when we mentioned that he said, okay, I know man was created to work, but I'm not sure. Was he created to work work? Or was he created to communicate work? Do you understand? In other words, the, what you just said now is exactly the question he had. He said, well, okay, if Hashem's Ratzin is present in the creation, so now, I re- now it's a real struggle. So what should I do? Should I just basically spend my time responding to that, functioning in that sphere, or should I do something else? And he comes to the conclusion he should learn, but we have to figure out that, that, that the actual, that was a real question. What's a real question? If the real question, if, if the way that like we take work as a kind of um, departure from spirituality and divorcing ourselves from living in the world of Hashem. So then you don't say, oh, let me ask you, a person was created, and I'm trying to figure out, was the purpose of creation to become materialistically involved, or was it for spiritual good? I mean, that's not, that's not a, 
that's not a question that, that, that really has two sides to it. Clearly, we're here to connect to the Ratzon Hashem. That was the purpose of creation. The purpose of creation was to give us an ability to connect to Hashem. So Reb Laza entertains what we were created for. Both of them mean, for sure, it was to connect to Hashem. But his question is, in which way should we connect to Hashem? We could connect to Hashem purely through nature, by aligning ourselves to the Ratzon Hashem manifest in the natural world, or perhaps we could connect him through Torah. And his conclusion comes to that actually through Torah. But we have to figure out, now we have to figure out, so why is Torah better? Do you understand? In other words, there's something, it does seem that Torah is better. But why is Torah better? So let's look back to those two brochas in, 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 in Myriad. Because the first one is, um, it kind of tells me, it describes the sunset and the evening that's just come about. So really, the first brocha is a meditation. We meditate on the shift of the time from afternoon to evening to night. And just as, a, as an aside, obviously if a person is not mindful of the passage of time, so those words are out of a, they have no context. In other words, if you haven't experienced the nightfall, if you haven't experienced this transition and you haven't witnessed it, and then you're just like gabbling off the words, so then that's, that, that's useless. Obviously, it's an interrelationship with the world as it moves through a new time sphere and you feel that movement and then you articulate that movement and that bracha concludes with the following words, So what happens is once I've seen the natural world, I identify that you are the powerful, alive and existing God. Tomid and I acknowledge that you have dominion, you've got a rulership, you've got control over us, that you are making this happen. It's not happening. You are making this happening. I'm acknowledging you. You are Marivarovin. What are you doing? You're blessing the nighttime. No, you're blessing the fact that Hashem made it night. And by saying those words, you obviously entertain the possibility that Hashem may have chosen to extend the day forever. Like he did, for example, when he made the sun stand still with the battle of Amalek in the times of Yeshua. In other words, it doesn't have to, the sun doesn't have to set. It's a choice that it sets. Now Hashem makes that choice afresh every single moment, every single day. And I acknowledge that. But in that bracha, uh, it's fascinating. That entire bracha, is in the third person. Asher bidvoroi ma'arivarovim. In his words. Not asher bidvorecha. We're not speaking to Hashem. We're speaking about Hashem. We're going to the next brocha, which is the next stage. So the one stage, we remember we said Hashem communicates His will in two, 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 different, two different ways. Through the world of, um, from the world of nature and through the world of Torah. And it's almost like, just like there's a, there's a Shulchan Aruch, which tells me what Hashem wants from us in the world of Torah. There's a Shulchan Aruch, which is nature. Um, so, in the first one, nature, we use a third person because it's a very personal connection. It's not about me as an individual. It's about me as a collective. Everyone's got the same rules, and the rules are unbending. The sun sets and rises for everyone. The stars shine for everyone. They're not doing it for me. They're also doing it for me, but they're not doing it exclusively for me. And now you get into the next bracha. 
the first shift in the next bracha is immediately we go from third person to second person. The problem is they have to start in the beginning. Academics are in the beginning. Um, your nation, your nation. So the difference is that Torah is a relationship. It's a relationship where there's an intimacy. And it's a relationship of love. So the difference between the Teva and Torah is one is intimate and loving, and one is... Um, impersonal and unbreakable. It's not about my connection and my relationships, about the world around me. It's just about responding to the energies that are present. It's like being in touch, being in tune, and being in tune with what Hashem wants. So when I, when I, when I become aware of the rhythm at which the world is, is moving, so then that, but it's, it's, it's very much me being mavata myself. It's not, it's not me playing a role. But when it comes to Torah, it's about what I think, what I understand. It's about my kasha, my territory. It's about my process of grasping it. It's about how it's affecting my life. So actually, Torah is about the relationship, whereas, which is midas harachamim, the, the, the attribute of love. So those are the two levels. And that's why there's teva and there's lamalim in a teva. Lamalim in a teva means relationship. Teva means um, in touch. Is, is that clear? Is that coherent? It's just, um, it's just about feeling a relationship when you're doing Makos and you're reading the Tosfos and the Mahasha and you're reading what they're saying. Is that, how does that fit into the relationship? Okay, so let's say you and I um, were having a discussion and I was saying to you, know, you know, Aid, um, it's amazing. I actually recently watched this um, documentary with my kids on animal-human relationships. And uh, they had this, like, they just basically documented, she documented a, a few different people, and they went to this, like, it was around the world. And actually, one of the people they interviewed with this was this couple who live, um, I don't know where in South Africa, but they, they, they live... They live, they live in South Africa and uh, they've adopted, they adopted this hippo when she was a tiny baby. Now hippos, even when they're tiny babies, are gigantic. But they literally adopted, they call, I think they call her Emily. Um, and they show you like this hippo and they, the, the, the camera comes in when like the, the woman is making 30 liters of rooibos tea because Emily loves rooibos. Um, and then she takes this gigantic gigantic urn and then actually pours it down this beast's throat and then you actually the beast walking into their living room and like it's so incongruous like this hippo in like this this amongst like the, the couches um okay so what i just did now is i told you something that was interesting in my life and you listened and if you're truly engaged you may ask me oh really and you may get involved and if you're even more interested you ask me about the details but the truth is you may not personally be interested in that, in that topic, but because you're relating, you're relating to me. So when I speak to you about what's interesting to me, you become interested. And then by you becoming interested, so then you like get into my mind, get into what I'm thinking. And when you get into my thinking, it doesn't really matter about what the topic is, but there's a sense of connection. We're here in this moment together. 
Um, so that's on a very basic level. Uh, more than anything else, it's like, it's like you know you have a good relationship when you can talk to a person about something that's not your native interest. Because uh, that means it's about, and this is like something which I'm, I'm learning and it's a so slow process. And I think it's the difference between uh, childhood and maturity is the ability to see the other. You know, is there someone else outside of me that actually exists? And I know that's putting an extreme point, but seeing the other means that actually there's something else which has real, takes up real space. And I think that's what's, that's, that's called covered. Covered means I give weight to something that's outside of myself. And because, because it's important to that person, so now it's important not because I'm interested, but because they're interested. And when I do that, that creates a real sense of connection because I'm there for them. I'm not there for me when I'm there for me. So there's no connection. It's just, oh, if you speak about something which has a native interest to me, so, that I think, so then I'm not connected to you. I'm enriching myself. But when I'm not getting anything out of it for myself, I'm only getting something out of it for you, so then the connection is real. So when you take a topic like macros, which is not something which I have a native interest in, but I become interested in it because in that I see Hashem's will. Now, there should be another element which should happen in terms is that actually the topic which I, didn't, I did not previously have a native interest in, as I engage in it, it, it gives me a depth of understanding, which is also precious in its own right. The actual understanding and the content also has power and wisdom in it. And that becomes satisfying because of that. But even if it doesn't, even if it doesn't, just me sitting there and putting myself out there to try to get what Boya is saying, that in itself is a very bonding experience. Hmm? Right. I'm just, I'm just thinking, like, what is that feeling of warmth of, like, watching a sunset, watching a good sunset? Where's that? Where's that? Is that, can that be coming from feeling a connection with Hashem, or is it, what is it? Um, so, so what we have to probably do is the Rambam, and this is, this, this is going to be even more interesting for us. You know, until now, what we said is from Teva, we get coherence to what the world is. We're like, we're in the world. We're not like in La La Land. We're actually in the world in a very deep sense, in, in, in like a sense beneath the surface. But there's no love there. It's just coherence. Um, to get the love, we need to speak to Hashem directly and we have to have a conversation and discussion. And uh, there's to be, in other words, I suppose the other side of this, this relationship, the one side is Torah, the other side is Tefillah. Because in Tefillah you say, I know, I know that you want things to work this way and I respect nature, but, but please, oh, please, please, Dad, just, just, just give me a break this time, Right? That's, that's doubling for a person who's sick. And it could be that the prognosis is dismal. So you don't say, okay, the laws of terror we have to follow. He's over. You, you go over to Hashem and you say, Hashem, I know the prognosis is terrible, but I also know that you can do the override. You have a veto. So I'm appealing to that because we're connected and I recognize it. So that's the connection. Then, there, then there's a connection, right? When I respond to overriding nature, so either through Torah, which is a, um, the intimate connection which is transcendent, because it's talking about the, the, the world of supernature in the, by its very definition, or through Twilla, where I'm saying to Hashem, yeah, I know how this works, 
and understand it. But I want to see, I want to see you revealed in a more open fashion. Remember, that was the, the previous Rebbeuchim about filler. That it's not, it's not to get what you want. It's to see Hashem even more visible. So, you know, Hashem, now you're hidden in this person's sickness. If you reverse this, so I know you could, and, and you know, just me asking you to is already the goal, but if you actually reverse it, so then there'll be a revelation, which would be amazing. Um, so that's all good. But maybe tomorrow we'll see a Rambam, where the Rambam says the way to love of, us, love of Hashem is through nature. <laughs> and that's a mass, massive span in our works. So maybe that will be a challenge for us tomorrow. Now, um, Say that again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. And then just another question. According mm-hmm. to what we said before about the, like, the question of Rabbi Lazar, so if Torah is better, how does that fit in with this whole notion of graduating from Teva to Malim in a Teva? Because if according to Rabbi Lazar, Torah is better anyway, so why would you not just... Like if you have the choice of like, let's just say exercising a Torah and you hold the Torah is better, then what's, how can you make an argument to exercise? You're asking about a whole new I like that topic. It's not, a, it's not a question of, a, it's not, it's a personal question. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's first of all, the, the question of when you have a conflict which one went over now becomes a very important question. Because now you're going to talk about, um, you know, when things are in isolation, it's easy to, to plot them. The, the beauty of, of, of Torah is the, when you have two colliding priorities, which one wins. And most, most of, most of halakhic investigation is um, when there's a conflict. You've got this value and that's Now you have to dive in the minion, but you could get sick. So what's more important? To understand? Yeah. Okay, so guys, we're running out of time. I mean, we have run out of time. So we'll, we'll explore further tomorrow. Now, for the guys who are not in Israel, which is basically <laughs> everyone except Aiden, um, there may be a shift in the times tomorrow. I have to clarify. It could be that tomorrow the time will be at a quarter to 12 Israel time. Um, because of the scheduling or somehow. So we may shift it to, I mean, it's, I think it's pretty certain, but I will update you on the Zoom, Zoom chat on the, on the WhatsApp group. And um, so it's a quarter to, it'll be a quarter to 12 and not 12.30 is your time. Okay. Okay.